c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. Once again, to Fat, French, fa- and Fabulous. Fat, French, and Fabulous. I am Jessica. I'm Janelle. And today's, uh, this is a, this is very special. I'm we let, very near and yeah. dear to my heart. We let Jessica pick the topic We, let, we let Jessica pick the topic. We should never let Jessica pick the topic. But today's topic is Charles II, or if you prefer... Carlos II. I don't prefer, no. Of Spain. <laughs> uh, the reason I will be using Charles II for this the, for this podcast... because we're anglicized as, as, as fuck? Anglicized as fuck. Well, I'm not anglicized as fuck. But, I am. Uh, for the sake of our anglophone audience, and for, for the fact that, like, during this period, most royal titles and royal names were translated... Really? Yeah. So if you, if you look up Carlos II of Spain, you will find the Spanish... Wikipedia article. You will not find the English Wikipedia article. He's specifically listed as Charles II. I was going to say, I've only ever known him as Charles II. And like, yes, maybe it's just a sign of how like dumb and like ethnocentric I am, but it never even dawned on me that a king of Spain would have a Spanish name. (laughs) Yeah. So this this is sort of a weird thing where like, even when people married into royal houses of a different country, they would translate their name. Mary Antoinette's name, she was Austrian. Her name was not Mary Antoinette. It was Maria Antonia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was just very common in this time to translate names as well as the rest of, of, a, of a message, of, of, of a document. Even though in modern translation, you leave the names untouched. Well, they certainly didn't translate his genetic code very well. <laughs> I don't think anything could have translated that. Regardless of what his name is. His, there's his just genetics too much, did not there's translate. There's too much information missing. Uh, so <laughs> Charles II, known as El Echisado. What does that mean? It means the hexed. <laughs> it's also sometimes translated as the bewitched, but linguistic drift has meant it so like we now considered bewitched. Oh, I was bewitched by her. Like, oh, yeah, you know, like it's you a were, good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. When people called Charles II the bewitched, it they meant they yeah. meant that he had been cursed by demons. Oh. <laughs> So not, like, an entrancing young man. No, no. I mean, he may have been charming. Like, apparently he was quite sweet. But they they meant that he was unfortunate in the extreme. Oh. Despite being, you know, king of Spain and king of the Spanish Empire. <laughs> when you can look at your king and just kind of pity him, like, I feel oh, like... Oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pal. <laughs> Biology's not been kind to you. It has not been kind. Charles II was the last Habsburg king of Spain. He, uh, because and he was the end of his genetic lineage. Yes. Like, <laughs> with his death, like, the Habsburgs in Spain were wiped out. I was gonna say, like, he's not just, like, the shallow end of the gene pool. Like, he's been beached. <laughs> yes. He's, he's the beached whale on the shores of the Habsburg genes. <laughs> it, like, it was, it was unfortunate. If, if you if you've ever heard about like you know like oh yes interbreeding among the royals he is the prototypical example of that and the the cautionary tale of why it's a bad idea yeah to inbreed not just like yes. interbreeding among certain families just aggressive inbreeding just aggressive inbreeding within a single family it's bad yeah uh, the a pair of historians both named Durant I think they were married but I didn't check uh, because <laughs> could be I'm siblings I am profound could be siblings that may be why they find this interesting. Uh, uh, they were. Oh I am, no! I just got that. <laughs> I took a second. <laughs> you're welcome. No. Or I'm sorry. I'm not you're sure. Sorry. You're sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I'm sufficiently sorry, but I am sorry. So they described him as short, lame, epileptic, senile, and completely bald before 35. Oh. He was always on the verge of death, but repeatedly baffled Christendom by continuing to live. Christian, like the Christian religion. Yes. Like that was... (laughs) He just baffled all common sense by like not dying. Yes. Like all of Europe and and its many countries were just continuously amazed and bewildered that he did not like collapse at any moment. Huh. 
Yes. <laughs> like when he was born, they're like, well, that's a burner kid. We'll just, <laughs> Basically. We'll just wait till he dies. They're, and then he just like continued to not die. Yes. They were like, mm, I don't think this one's going to last. And then he did. And that was, that was like, oh, uh, okay, I guess, I guess we'll, you'll be king now. It just, what baffles me is like, I know a little bit about King Charles II of Spain and like the fact that they let him rule. Like I get that they kind of had to, but like. <laughs> There's got to be. It was the law of the land. Where but you're like, just like, you know what, that guy, no, th- th- no. It's, it's sort of. It's you're sort gonna of, sit this one out. It sort of proved like, it, like his life was a representation of everything wrong with the Habsburg dynasty in particular and monarchy as a system of government in general. Like <laughs> yeah. the laws of the land should have had an exception for just every now and then. Like your inbreeding craps out a potato-faced baby that. <laughs> Can't speak or make decisions, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. That's gotta be king. Because we are so dying in a famine. One of the nice things about democracies, one of the good things about democracies is if your leader is incompetent, you have a path, some way of getting rid of them short of assassination. Oh my god. Also, like, generally, when somebody, like, rockets out of the birth canal looking like the placenta, you don't, like, then immediately put that person on a path to power. Yes. In, in, a, in a just society with reasonable laws, Charles II would have never been considered for the throne. He, he shouldn't have. It was not, not only was it like bad for people who lived under him. It was bad for him. It was bad for him. He didn't really, that's too much stress. Yes. Like, like chewing is a stressful activity that you can't do by yourself. When you are chronically frail and sicklier than in, like a Persian cat's, like the, for whom the past three generations were cousins. Like, <laughs> you're comparing him to like an inbred backyard breeder dog. I, you know, when he's he, like a pug. He is like a pug. He's just like, he's the pug of European he's rulers. The pug of European rulers. Like the Habsburgs <laughs> in general. Like pugs are well known for having like a weird all the health issues and all the health issues. When you look up on the internet, pug common health problems. It's the all first, of them. The, the first thing that comes up is like pug specific encephalitis which is a swelling of the brain oh no <laughs> and it just like occurs in pugs Aww. sometime between like when they're nine months old and four Aww. and it's incurable and that is like listed under common common genetic disorders but they're so cute i mean they're adorable and they can barely breathe yeah no i've like <sighs> pugs do this thing called reverse sneezing where they just sort of like, it looks like they're just sort of choking to death. But they're fine. It's just a thing that they do because like, we bred their respiratory system into the shape of a pretzel and now they can't get enough air all the time. Yeah. And like, that's basically what the Habsburgs did to their offspring. Yeah, but like, less intentional and with less care. <laughs> I mean, we didn't really mean to breed health issues into the pug. We just wanted a cute, squishy-faced little dog. And then we were like... Fuck, now yeah. we're attached. Like, it, it's just like, we, we we cared more about it being cute than we cared about it being able to breathe. And the Habsburgs cared more about it being 100% Habsburg than they cared about it being able to chew. <laughs> or, like, have a fulfilling life free of health issues. Yeah, like, there's a lot of people who didn't laugh, live past the age of 40, but the Habsburgs, man... Man, anyway, we'll we'll get into that later. People who didn't live past the age of 40 in those days, though, were typically poor. Yeah! Was the thing. They had all the money. Yeah, like... Those people lived to be, like... Louis XIV of France, who was... At, who, who ruled, basically, like, around the same, like, same time as Philip IV, Charles II's father... He lived to a, a ripe old age. Oh, yeah, they did all the time. As long as you didn't, like, drink meat and hunting wound yourself to death in that order, you yeah. could be fine. You could live to a ripe old age. You had the best of everything. Basically, when you when you had this idea of, like, oh, nobody lived past 40 back in the old days. Poor people. Like, the people dragging that down are, one, poor people, and two, children. Yeah, it's infant be- mortality. Yeah, it's infant mortality. If you survived past the age of 10... You were mostly okay. Which the Habsburgs often didn't. They didn't often didn't. They often did they not. They frequently did not. They they actually had a, an infant mortality rate, not just comparable to poor Spaniards, but actively worse. Oh, God. Like, during the same time as, like, during this era, one, one out of two. So half of Habsburg babies died before the age of 10. Comparatively, Spanish peasants had one in five mortality rate. Oh. So, yeah. like, a lot worse. Like, not a little worse. A lot not worse. Not a little worse. Like, 
the Habsburg breeding program was actively more lethal than being a Spanish peasant during an era of famine. I think the American Kennel Club has better numbers than that. Yeah. Yeah, this is not good. This isn't good at all. This isn't good at all. And like, like, and, and, and this was what a funny fact that I found, like, looking at, looking at Charles II is his royal monogram looks an awful lot like the international biohazard symbol, but with a <laughs> crown on top. What, what years approximately did, did Charles live? Uh, like, what century is this? This is, this is the 18th century. So this, this is, is the 1700s. This is a joke, like, 300 years in the making. Yes, it is beautiful. <laughs> they had no idea when they designed that. That, that they, they would, would go on to be a biohazard symbol. Yes. <laughs> like, maybe, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna say, like, Probably it was not inspired by Charles II, but it could have been. Oh, uh, the universe does have a sense of humor. <laughs> it's just it's just genuinely funny, and I do suggest looking it up. Great. Uh, so the House of Habsburg. We're gonna get to start off with some some background on them. Dynastic marriage was a favorite tool of the House of Habsburg, which is like a really polite way of saying cousin fucking. It wasn't originally cousin fucking, but eventually it got. It became cousin when you when everybody left is your cousin. Yes, cousin fucking is the only. They were option. sort of victims of their own success when <laughs> they eventually controlled vast swaths of Europe. Yeah, and there was only and like a lot of the other houses were like actively opposed to them or at war with them, and they needed to maintain the possessions they currently had. Right. You, you eventually you marry get, off a daughter. You, you start marrying off a daughter, and eventually, when you can only marry other royal families, it, it gets bad. Yeah, when you've married off a daughter to every country in Europe, mm-hmm. eventually everybody's your cousin. Everybody. I've actually Everybody. heard, I've heard that every living member of European royalty can trace themselves back to Napoleon. That wouldn't shock me. Because Napoleon married off all of his siblings and his... <laughs> he, he Just aggressively. Ever, he did. He married everybody off to positions of power. And now mm-hmm. they're all fucking related. <laughs> Fun stuff. Fun stuff. But that's not the only... He wasn't the first to try it. No, everybody did this. Everybody it's did this. It's just what you did. You wanted land and shit and also like mm-hmm. to not die in a war with someone. Yes. And because monar- like monarchies, because hereditary... Heredity was the major way in which one kept and gained property and gained pos- like you were keeping possession. it in the family. You were keeping it in the family. Way too close. <laughs> way too close. And one of the advantages of monarchy as a system is like unlike a dictatorship, there is a set line of succession. Right. You know who's there coming are up rules. next. You're there, it, like it creates a lot more stability because if you have conflicting like claims upon a single. Everybody dies. Possession. Everybody's gonna die. Everyone dies. Like, also, like dictators die and leave power vacuums. Absolutely. In which everybody dies. In which everybody dies. But like the chances of like numerous people dying in a power vacuum after Queen Elizabeth II dies is very slim. Very slim. We all know who's on deck. Deeply unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what to expect for the next. Like, it's Charles in charge. It's gonna be Charles in charge. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So, <laughs> dynastic marriages are political marriages between royal families. Uh, they, are, they were usually considered an extension of foreign policy and a way of forming alliances and consolidating power. This yeah. is not an era... Let's not go to war, take yes. my potato-faced kid. Yes, basically. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what an age this is. <laughs> what an age. What a time. <laughs> what a time to but be alive. But basically, like, being potato-faced wasn't even half bad because of how bad the, the nutrition is in this era. Like, as long as you're not, like, actively rutabaga-faced, you're almost <laughs> as handsome. As long as you have, like, a third of your original teeth. Yes. You, are, you also, are a handsome fella. Everyone's slathering, like, basically arsenic and lead on their faces at this point, too. Uh, that might be Makeup. slightly earlier. I don't Is remember. that earlier in history? I don't know. But, like, either. chances are a lot of cosmetics are actively poisonous in this era, too. I've also heard that, like, well, I've... Like learned this that you um, back in the day when you were sort of told you were going to marry, you would be sent like a portrait of them, which yes. was obviously painted, and like obviously the painter is going to get fucking executed if you look ugly in your. Oh portrait. yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody gets these like beautiful portraits of the person oh, yes. they're marrying, highly idealized, and then you show up and you're like, oh god. And one of the like <laughs> one of the reasons why you know that like Charles II was royally fucked over and, and like. One of the reasons you know that is because even in his official portrait... Oh, it's hideous. He, he, he looks quite a bit more like a goblin shark that is entirely ideal. <laughs> yeah, and like his... If you ever look up King... You should you should go look up King Charles II's official portraits because you know that those were made to look better than life. And they're still 
startling is sort yes. of the word. They're a little startling. He has a elongated skull and something up jutting underbite. Something is up. Even with the best, imag- the most imaginative painter royal funds could buy. The, yeah, the royal family can have your family starved if you make them look bad. Yes. And, and that, they will. That was the best they could do. They tried. They they tried, and then they gave <laughs> and up. And people were pleased with it. They were like, you know what? That's as good as it's gonna get. You can go. <laughs> You're not magic. You've done enough. <laughs> <laughs> you did all you could do. Yes. So the Habsburgs, and like, the Habsburgs were not the only families that, that did this. Other families also did this. The Habsburgs were just really good at it. The Habsburgs began as a line of minor, unimportant counts and countesses in a canton of what is modern-day Switzerland. Interesting. Known for gaining power through political marriage, but their story really begins in 1276. Three. Oh my god, rich people have long, or nobility have long family trees. Oh yes, it goes back. There's not that many people on them, though, because of the inbreeding. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, this, I think this is known what is known as pedigree collapse. Oy. And you have the word pedigree because it's usually used to refer to cattle. <laughs> yeah, normally it's like you inbreed and inbreed and inbreed, and then you hit a point where you're like... So which hole is the mouth exactly? <laughs> like which opening is supposed to be your nostrils? That's that's <laughs> kind of the sort of a lump of flesh that moves. Yeah, that's the end result of aggressive inbreeding. Yeah, it's it's not good. Like a lot of domestic animals, we've inbred them to the point where like they cannot like survive. They cannot us. survive without us. Not only that, but they also cannot breed without assistance. I think oh. this is a major problem with modern turkeys, actually. I was going to say bulldogs. Yes. And bulldogs also French bulldogs. Be, yeah, bulldogs yeah. have to be born by C-section. Mm-hmm. Because we fucked we, up. We literally have to, we have to give them surgery in order for them to have puppies. Oh, yeah. I we, mean, they're adorable, but is it worth it? Yeah, because we <laughs> took a perfectly normal dog and then we just bred it into a small refrigerator. They're just completely square, massive animals. That doesn't fit out of a round hole anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's it's not good. We we fu- we fucked up both their hips and and their heads and now they they're just incompatible. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did yeah. this with people, though. The royal family did this to themselves. Yes. I feel worse for the dogs than I do for the humans. The dogs di- didn't do this to themselves. The people did. This was inflicted upon them. The Habsburgs, they, 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 they should have saw this coming. So in 1273, uh, a random descendant uh, of, of these counts, who was likewise a minor, slightly, import- slightly more important count, Rudolph, uh, managed to consolidate a not insignificant amount of power and to marry into the current ruling family of the Holy Roman Empire, who also happened to control the Kingdom of Germany. So he just kind of slipped in there. Yeah, he just kind of like scooted in. Seduced and just, like, his way in there. You know, he, he managed to make a, a, like enough, co- like if by seduction you mean r- writing up contracts and political maneuvering. I don't know, maybe he just penised his way into power. It's entirely possible. <laughs> yeah, sleep your way to the top. It's worked for a long time. Yeah, no kidding. It used to work better. And, like, here's the thing about the Holy Roman Empire. They were... It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> what, and not only that, but, like, they didn't contain Rome. Oh. So they weren't Did holy. They, not? they weren't Roman, but they were technically an empire. Oh. <laughs> okay. Not, not much of one, but, like, I kinda, they were. I took their word for it that they were Roman, but... Yeah, no. My like, wor- I am shook. They did not contain Rome at this time. My world has been rocked. <laughs> I am shook. <laughs> so... Uh, The current dynasty of the not-so-holy, not-so-Roman emperors went extinct in its male line. The seven princes, for reasons I do not have time to explain, were allowed to make this kind of decision, elected Rudy to rule as Rudolf I of Germany, king of the not-even-close-to-Romans. Wait, so, like, they ran out of dudes. They ran out of dudes. So they found seven dudes in the family. No, no, no. No, no. Oh, seven neighboring dudes. No, no, no. Not, not even close. Who are these dudes? These dudes are a combination of bishops and hereditary uh, families, oh. rulers of hereditary families, who for some reason, the Just, Holy Roman Empire decided were, were allowed to elect the emperor. So they were like, all right, you seven randoms, we've run out of guys, line up and pick a penis. Yes, basically. Pick a dick to rule. Pick a dick. That's, that was the system of power. Yes. And God. you could only pick, you couldn't pick just any dick, you had to pick... A significantly royal dick. 
All right, pick the most royal dick you can find. Yes, you have to pick a significantly royal dick from the minor nobility to rule Germany, and then they would become the king of the Romans, which meant that then then they could possibly be elected to emperor. He was not elected to emperor, he was just erected, elected to king. king of Germany. Germany. Yes. Well, I'm never going to complain about having to wait in line at the ballot box ever again. Because yeah. what the fuck? This is a bullshit This system. is an elected monarchy. It is an elected monarchy. All right. Yeah, the Holy Roman Emperor's Empire was one of the few and, and probably the most notable example of an elected monarchy. Oh. And they are just as bullshit as regular monarchies, but more arbitrary. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Basically how the Pope is picked, this is how the Holy Roman Empire was picked. Yeah, but the Pope dies and then they pick a new one. I assume this guy was permanent. Yeah, like, no, his, it's exactly his son the same. became king. No, no, no. Oh, no. no, 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 no. This like, is true. They, they're, All like, right. it started out, like, basically, there's a small set of people you can elect from, and oh, okay. then it became more or less hereditary as the Habsburgs proliferated. Oh, that's what I mean, though. Like, Pope dies, we pick a new one. This guy's like, All right, you're. <laughs> I hope you make some good babies. Yeah. Because like, they will rule forever. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you elect the emperor, and then you elect another dude who's also related to the emperor. You just pick which one you want. Hmm. It's even more arbitrary than the Pope. History was dumb. History was deeply stupid. And this is a period. This was after a period of chaos and political maneuvering called the Great Interregnum, which was an interruption between like ruling emperors, which was exactly the kind of chaos monarchies were meant to solve, because each of these various you know, like warring factions wasn't able to build enough power to convince everyone to vote for them. An interregnum just sounds like an anal fistula. <laughs> I'm just hung up on the name. Yeah, like an, an interregnum just sounds like a terrible disease. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that goes in your ass. Specifically the it's anus. It's an ass disease. <laughs> yeah. It is an embarrassing ass disease. That's why they called it that. So you wouldn't have to say, hey, I've got this embarrassing ass disease. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly it. You know, the people who, who came up with, uh, like, the, the what's that explosive diarrhea one? I don't know. Irritable I... bowel syndrome. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's another good euphemistic. It, it, it just makes you explosively shit yourself. It means you've got a grouchy butt. <laughs> you've just got a, you've just got an angry butt. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doctors. <laughs> we are not doctors. <laughs> if you've got an angry butt, please consult a physician. Yeah, not us. <laughs> not us. We are not trained medical professionals. So Rudy also corrected, uh, collected, I'm, I'm mixing up my L's and my R's today, Aust the Duchy of Austria as well a few years later. The Habsburgs, who had long before decided that territorial acquisition and dynastic marriage were awesome, used them to massively expand the territory's holdings and possessions, including in acquiring not only the Holy Roman Empire, but the Kingdom of Bohemia, uh, Hungary, Croatia, Portugal, Transylvania, and Galicia and Lodomeria, a region which I will characterize as chunks of modern-day Poland and, and, and Ukraine, as well as, important to this story, Spain and all its empire. So basically they just outbred literally everybody. Yes. Neat. They just babied their way to the top. <laughs> it, I mean, it worked. It, it worked very well. It worked probably too well. I don't think that's the strategy I'm going to use to, like, get promoted at work, but... I mean, it was a different time. It was a very different time. The motto of the Habsburgs was, interestingly and unfortunately, leave the waging of war to others, but you, happy Austria, marry. For the realms which Mars awards to others, Venus transfers to you. That is a long fucking motto. It is way too long. That's way too long. Like, even, I'm sure, reduced into whatever language they used. Austrian? Germanish? Germanish? Yes. Even in early Germanish, that's too fucking long. Yeah, it, it is a it is a mouthful. Things actually get longer in German from mm -hmm. English. So I'm sure like that was you had to set aside. Some like, of these a were day. like massive Franken words. Where you had to like, yeah. Because the you, Germans just like to stitch all theirs together. Yeah, I'm sure like if you wanted to say this motto, you had to block out time in mm -hmm. your schedule to recite you, and it. And you had to plan it. You had to be ready. You had to do your breathing exercises. You had to water your calisthenics. <laughs> you had to be prepared. So what like you do to get ready for this podcast? Basically. Yeah. Just a lot of hot yoga. <laughs> <laughs> That's an outright lie. <laughs> it is it is absolutely a fib. It is a filthy Filthy mistruth. <laughs> uh, my family motto is much shorter. What is yours? 
Uh, well, you can trans. It's French, so you can translate it as either always nimble, which is untrue, <laughs> deeply incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's actually it actually means something like always ready. Interesting. Which I am not. I am not. I am deeply unprepared. Oh. Um. Most of my life has just been like hitting milestones that all of my peers hit like two years previously. Aww, it's kind of <laughs> sad. Kind of sad. I don't think the Como family has like a motto. I'm sure. I'm sure we do have a historic Acadian motto, but like if we did have one, I'm just sure it would be like eat more pizza. Like I don't know, mm. get wasted on Christmas, have <laughs> some fish, have some ew, <laughs> some, something along those lines. <laughs> but your your family motto at least probably wouldn't have, like, the same unfortunate, sh- like, overtones of doom. No, not usually. <laughs> yes. Like, not like we will breed ourselves out of existence is not anybody's family <laughs> motto. No, no. But that's, that's basically what this means. So the Habsburg gained a foothold in the Spanish monarchy around the turn of the 16th century through a marriage between Philip the Handsome, who- The I- Handsome! Did he assign himself that title? No, apparently by the by the by the norms of the day, he was considered very good looking. He was the least misshapen. He was the least misshapen because, like, I have looked at his official portrait, and he just has like sort of a proboscis monkey nose, and I pick really like, bad sallow times. skin. Oh. <laughs> I pick really bad times to drink water on this podcast. Either that or I'm just timing it and I'm trying to, I'm trying to kill you and make it look like an accident. She drowned at her desk. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. This is very strange. But yeah, Philip the Handsome was just sort of like a normal-ish, if kind of weird-looking by modern standards guy. Like, he wasn't obviously disfigured. You didn't, like, immediately strip off all of your clothes and rub yourself on his portrait? No, I did not. Okay. I decidedly did not. I managed to restrain myself. Panties stayed up. They stayed firmly wedged. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) Mind you, I don't exactly have panties so much as Kermit the Frog boxer shorts on. Didn't need to know. (laughs) I think you did. I didn't. I think you did. (laughs) (laughs) So, Philip the Handsome, who was the son of Emperor Maximilian I of the Holy Roman Empire. That's to, a mouthful. To, yes, it is. I, I don't think they just called him Maxie, though. No, I, think they, I hope they did. Hey, Max. And they mar- he married Joanna of Castile, later called Juana la Loca, or Joanna the Mad. Oh, that's an even better nickname Not than a good start. <laughs> no, if you're crazy by their standards, you are fuck-cookalooch. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she was fourth in line to the Spanish throne. Interestingly, Joanna probably wasn't all that mad, at least at first. In all likelihood, like, we usually think, like, madness, we're usually talking about psychosis. Yeah, I imagine she's, like, outside in the yard with a flower pot on her head, like, mm -hmm. screaming to an unloving god. We would assume that, like, she just had no attachment to reality if you got, like, the nickname The Mad. Literally, La Loca. You've got to earn it. (laughs) You've got to earn it. But originally, in all, all all likelihood, she was just a shy, bookish, depressed, or perhaps bipolar oh. you know, kid. So basically a woman reading. She was a woman who liked to read, yes. Oh! Which was, of course, madness by the, the norms of the time. She's going to dry out her uterus. Yes. Who does she think she is? You can't spend all your time in a, in a library. <laughs> your room will cease to function by... By exposure to all this literature, <laughs> it'll tire out your poor little mind. I worked in a library for four years, and my womb is still wombing away. I worked in a library for seven, and oh, I... shit. I, I liked it. <laughs> I, all right. If I lived in the era of, of Juana La Loca, I would have lived in a covenant, and I would have liked it. All right. <laughs> Jessica the Nun, yes. separated by time and circumstance from your rightful place. I, I mean, like... I, it's not all bad, but I, I, I kind of, like, sometimes I just think, what could have happened? Oh. What could have been? You could have been La Loca. I could have been living La Vida Loca. <laughs> so, she was shy, she was bookish, she was very intelligent, and she was a bit moody. And oh. made the mistake of becoming a political football between her father and her husband after the death of both her elder siblings and young nephew, making her heir apparent. So she made the mistake of being born. Yes. Okay. She so made the mistake clear. of being born and having siblings and that died. A, a, who who had the impoliteness, the sheer 
audacity, <laughs> chutzpah, to predecease her. How dare they? How dare they indeed. So while she certainly had unusual moods and a degree of melancholy that very well might indicate some degree of hereditary mental illness, she was deliberately isolated, undermined, and betrayed by her husband, a serial philanderer, who she was in love with. Oh, that's Um, even worse. That's even worse. Like, if it had just been, like, a contract thing. A political thing, she's like, all right. Yeah, like, like, some, like, 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 there are some marriages, like, between, like, obviously gay members of the French royal family. Oh, yeah. And just, like, hearty, sarcastic, you know. People who don't give a shit. You know, German women who, that, like, that had, like, not necessarily happy marriages, but both people were pleased enough with their own separate lives away from each other. Yeah, it's just kind of like, make sure you finish railing my chambermaid by 5.30, I need her to dress me for dinner. Basically. Just in total indifference. Do, do you mind, like, you know, letting go of that, you know, like, handsome young favorite of yours? You do need to, you do need to impregnate pregnate me at some point. <laughs> just fit it in, just, if just you could. Sometime in your schedule of hunting and, and cavorting, could you just... At, Please inseminate me. (laughs) (laughs) So romantic. Do not take that out of context. (laughs) That is not an invitation. Never run for office. I'm going to clip these (laughs) sound bites out. You're just going to try to save Canada if I ever run for prime minister. Absolutely. You're going to be the one keeping us between between the Canadian state and oblivion. (laughs) I'm going to ruin you someday. (laughs) (laughs) I knew this was all a plot. Undermining my future ambitions. But... So she was, like, she was also betrayed by her father, who had her locked away in a nunnery after her husband's death against her will. Oh. And by her son, who continued her confinement after taking the throne. What a dick. I know, like, ungrateful little bastard. You little brat. <laughs> I mean, children are usually irritating at a young age, but they mostly grow out of this. They mostly this is... don't commit you to a nunnery. I mean, I've always considered with my dad... <laughs> Putting Just him in the nunnery? Putting him in a nunnery. <laughs> He's getting a bit on. It's a good thing your dad doesn't listen to this. <laughs> it makes me sad, though. Oh. <laughs> He'd probably appreciate her sense of humor. Oh. But probably not that joke about asking people to impregnate yeah, me. Yeah, you may want to rethink. <laughs> rethink showing this to your father. <laughs> he worries. <laughs> he does. We all do. <laughs> The aggressive rumors that Joanna was unstable to the point of incompetent to rule was at least nine-tenths propaganda, undoubtedly motivated partially or wholly by the clear advantage and power each of these men gained and maintained by keeping Joanna, who was stubborn, intelligent, and otherwise difficult to control, out of the way. So just unfiltered misogyny. Basically. A woman. A woman. (laughs) Yeah, like, she did show some signs of mental illness, but there's just such- But oh my god, who didn't in those days? Yeah. Like, of (laughs) course she was somewhat unstable. She was a little emo. She was a little emo. She, like, her parents married her off to a dude she didn't know when she was, like, 16. (laughs) She had had her problems, but- She had her issues. But it is undoubtable- that whatever mental illness she may or may not have had, it was grotesquely exaggerated by people who had a lot to gain. Yeah, by slandering the shit out of her. By slandering the shit out of her. Right. You know, she did have a grandmother, a maternal grandmother, who also shown showed some signs of depression. Yeah. But notably... But again, who doesn't? <laughs> but who doesn't? Like, depression is a fairly common mood disorder that most people live with just fine and certainly would not have ma- meant, meant that she couldn't rule the country. It's just that, like, in those days, people were, like, even more willing to accept that women were crazy. Basically. Yeah. Like, whether or not she had any hereditary illness, she was female, and thus the idea that she might be mentally unstable, and the fact that she might resist the will of her immediate male family members... That, that meant that she was that she was insane, she was crazy, she was her, unstable and needed to be locked away. Her and her lady bits had her, to go live in the nunnery. Yeah, her and her lady bits were just... You know, just Too much. Yeah. This is even prior to the official medicalization of hysteria, which is a medical condition named after the... Like, named after the wandering womb. womb. Yeah, it means, literally means wandering womb. Because people thought that, like... Actual doctors who went to actual schools uh, were taught 
that women were driven crazy by the reproductive systems just taking walksies around their abdomen. If she had lived long enough, though, she could have just been aggressively fingered by a doctor as a cure for mental illness. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. a thing for a while. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was like a legit medical practice that you could bill people for. <laughs> it's just finger banging random, random Crazy people's women. wives. Yeah, random women. Any woman you thought was too ruly, the doctor just bring her in and finger bang her on the table. <laughs> Medicine. Medicine. It's come a long way. <laughs> a long, long way. <laughs> Charles I, Joanna's son, was raised primarily as a Habsburg, and his line, the Spanish Habsburgs, continued the Habsburg tradition of aggressive dynastic marriage. Again, Cousin fucking. Cousin fucking. All the way. You know, we look down on this when it's, you know, just rural hicks marrying their own cousins because they live in small towns and they don't have other options. People were way less judgy when the ruling class decided to do it. Oh, yeah. If you're rich and you can do anything you want. Yeah, you just do whatever you want. Just Yeah, this isn't just like cousin fucking. This is like sibling? No siblings. No sibling. This is the occasional uncle-niece. Uncle-niece. That's the combination they Mm -hmm. like. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people were aware of the fact that, like, if siblings interbred, that it would fuck up their children. Yeah, your kids came out a little funny. They came out very funny, but they were not aware that this happened with cousins, because generally... It it takes longer. It takes longer. Like, generally speaking, this is an era where, like, stillbirths are common, where hereditary disease is just a thing, where illness is rampant. You don't notice, like, the odd statistical blip that first cousin marriages cause in your gene pool. It is only after, like, several generations of this kind of aggressive interbreeding... You start noticing. ...that you start noticing, and then and then you don't necessarily make the connection. No, like, if you have a semi... At least a partially symmetrical face, mm-hmm. you owe that largely to, like, childhood nutrition and medicine. Yes. If you are even a little bit attractive by modern standards... You you owe that to being well fed and medicated. Mm-hmm. People were asymmetrical as fuck in the past. Yes, because they were constantly malnourished, even in the heights of society, and ravaged by disease. And ravaged by disease, smallpox fucked you up. It it did. It wasn't pretty. If it didn't kill you, it destroyed your face. Yeah. So lots of things would make you asymmetrical, would make you tiny, would stunt your growth. Mm-hmm. You, this was not it's, an era of healthy people. Yeah, like, it's hard. And when you have that many factors that could be royally fucking up your royal children, it is hard for you to say, like, oh, like, to draw a line back and it's say... It's all the cousin marriage. It's all the cousin marriage. Five oh generations. Yeah. Should have known. And this is also an era where people do not understand genetics. Oh. They do not know how genes work at all. At all. No, they know that marrying siblings is sort of, is going to mess you up one or two generations in. Mm-hmm. But cousin cousin marriage takes longer to produce funny children. Yes. A it, lot it, longer. It doesn't show. Freud has this hypothesis. Oh, God. That incestuous feelings are a normal part of development. Like, like, he has the like the Oedipus complex and the Electric complex. You want to bang that, your parents. And that you, you want to have sex with your with your parents. Mm, hard no. And, and, and that, that was the reason for the creation of the incest taboo. A way of keeping immediate family members from jumping on one another out of, out of lust. But... If it's a want, little more complicated. But it's a little more complicated than that. Like, he's not completely wrong he's in the pretty sense, wrong but he's pretty wrong he's, he's more wrong, wrong than right <laughs> you just it's just your brain if you grow up in the same household as somebody else from yes. a young age an adult male who grows up alongside a female child if a female child is raised in your house as a man you won't in normal circumstances feel sexual attraction to her at all you'll feel at like all. a big brother even yeah. if you are not related you, like you can have no biology you can have no common ancestor like uh, up until the dawn of time and you will not feel attracted to this them this is why like step siblings that grow up together from a young age typically don't pork in the living room basically basically there's yeah. exceptions there are some exceptions but usually when you do know those ex- exceptions they were not raised within the same household yeah like, for that critical period in early development if you have a sibling 
who you were raised with, you probably feel grossed out even when other people find them attractive. Oh, I'm 100% grossed out. Like, yeah, people find my brother attractive all the time. And like, to me, he's like, he's just a fat eight-year-old with a bowl cut forever. Yeah. That's like, all he'll ever be to me. My brother has a full beard and is half a foot taller than me. And I keep, I can't get away from like that blue-eyed chubby baby that he was. No, exactly. And I never will. <laughs> Your siblings are gross. Siblings are disgusting. <laughs> and the fact that other people want to do anything in the realm of sexual with them is repugnant. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying. My siblings are just like a worse draft of me. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, all that's they what are. siblings are. <laughs> ex- except my younger sister. Who is a, a clone of you? Who is a clone? A, it's a literal little, clone. Yeah, your 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 parents are less like of like parents, and they are just printers. They're just printing multiple copies of you, <laughs> just with slight variations. <laughs> <laughs> like people thought we were twins for most of our early lives, and they still do when I, they see us side by side. They still do, and that's because we look like twins. <laughs> it's a little weird. It is. It is. It creeps me slightly out. Slightly eerie. Well, these guys like yeah. Yeah. They weren't banging their siblings, but they were coming as close as they could. Yes, as close as possible. Especially without, because when yeah. you, yeah, when you inbreed with cousins for multiple, like, you and a normal cousin share about, what was it, 12.5% of your DNA yes. on average? When you have, like, inbred cousins for generations and generations and generations. That average spikes. You go up a little. You, you share, go up. You are way more related to your, like, inbred frog cousin. Than you should be. Than you should be. Yes. In these royal in these royal dynasties, everybody was gene pool just kind of gets smaller. <laughs> yes. And the more you intermarry and the more health problems you start having, the smaller that gene pool gets. Yeah, only certain only certain people are healthy enough to actually breed. Mm-hmm. You can have 5 siblings, but maybe only 2 of them are actually capable of producing offspring. Yes. And if every other family within your breeding pool is having the same problem... You just spiral. You you, you begin to have a collapse. It's literally watching your gene, your dynasty go down the drain. It just gets <sighs> smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. It is it is distinctly ungood. <laughs> ungood. And, and part of the problem was, as we mentioned earlier, they weren't allowed to marry their social lessers. No, that's they, true. They had a house law against... Uh, morganatic marriage. And I will be explaining that. Don't panic. Is that just like marrying anyone who's not related to you? No, marrying anyone of a lower social status. Oh, interesting. You could still marry like unrelated people. They just had to be royalty. Oh, okay. But of course, in this particular you era, run out of, same difference. So you run out of <laughs> non-related royalty really yes. fast. A house law being a, is a family rule that forbids inheritance of titles and properties to the descendants or spouse of the of, of the people who break them. This is basically like when your parents cut you out of the will because you went to art school. Basically. Right. <laughs> Except it's for not fucking your cousin. I mean... Dis- <laughs> Different times. Disappointment is disappointment. Is there anything worse than breaking your parents' hearts? Yes. Yes. Inbreeding yourself into extinction. <laughs> yes. That's worse. That is actively worse. Morganatic or left-handed marriage. Left-handed? Left-handed marriages. They were also called left-handed marriages because there was a custom where instead of taking your spouse's right hand, you took their left because it was considered only half legal. Man, uh, we used to be so unkind to lefties and now they have their own scissors. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome, lefties. You're welcome. (laughs) I mean, yeah, sure, you have a a shorter lifespan because, like, the world is designed around us right-handers, but... Be happy with what you get. <laughs> Don't get uppity. <laughs> uh, the girl who drew our logo is left-handed. <laughs> yeah, well. Ash, Ash Shulowitz is left-handed. <laughs> Sorry, Ash. <laughs> well, she, she is she is in a sterling example of her kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then this was just not, you, organic marriages were not just you not being able to marry commoners, as you might be thinking of it, but even lower-ranked nobles. A a lot of noble houses managed to keep themselves relatively uninbred by marrying lesser nobles from other countries or from their own countries. Right. The Habsburg had no such relief valve. Oh, God. (laughs) Because they literally had a rule that said, if you do this, we will disown your your children. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty big incentive. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, probably the only thing that kept the Habsburgs, the Habsburgs from collapsing as fast as they did was, like, the occasional illegitimate child with a stable boy. <laughs> yeah, like... That's the only source of fresh blood they have just, is infidelity with a servant. Just fucking the help. <laughs> That's <laughs> all they have. And, I mean, the occasional affair with, like, a lower... I'm sure affairs happen. We, oh, know, yeah, affair, we know affairs happen all we the time. We know they did. But uh, not enough. Yes, not enough. Probably the, just statistically, the least messed up royals and the most accept, successful ru- rulers of their kingdoms were probably the result of affairs. Well, it's only women's affairs that are helpful. Yes. Men's affairs don't help at all. No. Then you just have, like, weirdly inbred peasants. <laughs> well, no, you just, have, you just have servant kids running around that look an awful lot like your kids. And nobody says anything. And just nobody talks about it. Uh, it was just the far more stigmatized, you know, female, like, royal affairs that really were, were, were again, the relief, re- relief valve. For incest. For incest. Oh my god. Um, yeah, not good. Not, not great. good. And, like, if you, if you find it at all odd that, like, these people could ever have sex with their cousins, you need to remember that, one, that reverse sexual imprinting thing that we talked about before doesn't work if you've never met them. <laughs> right. And at this time, again, they did not realize that first cousin marriages were messing them up this badly. Right. You're getting a cousin, like, trucked in from another country that you've never met to mm-hmm. marry you. So you don't really feel that, like, instinctive, like, we are related grossness. Yeah. You do not have that vibe yeah like that comes from like thinking about like making out with your cousin in for most modern people yeah it's but so like this is also a time where this is considered pretty normal like not everybody marries their cousin lots of people do but lots of people do and it's not considered that odd because people aren't aware of how dangerous it is well i mean like and one generation of cousin marriage like it's not ideal, but your kids are probably fine. Yeah, like... It's stacking cousin marriage after cousin marriage after cousin marriage where you start to have problems. Mm-hmm. It, it does increase the risk of birth defects, but not more so than just having, like, a relatively older mom. <laughs> yeah, no, like, first-generation cousin marriages have only a very slightly increased risk mm-hmm. of some kind of defect. Yeah, it, like, but, yeah. you're basically in the same state of, like, your dad was 70 and your mom was 40. Yeah, it's just when you start adding this up. Yeah, it's it's when you get compounded interest in the incest that you really have your some problems. Right. Basically, the problem here is that with inbreeding, like the, actual, the reason it's bad. The reason it's bad is it narrows the amount amount of different traits within a population, exaggerating some while diminishing or extinguishing others, which can be good or bad depending on the trait and whether it's rewarded by the particular environment. There's this thing called island dwarfism oh, and yeah. island gigantism, where some populations migrate into land masses that then get cut off. And then... If you get stranded on an island, you're changing size. Yes, you will change size. Over generations. Like, 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 you personally will not set foot on Hawaii and just shrink. Yes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is a population thing. This is not an individual thing. Yeah. And it happens over time. So they have, like, these tiny... There was a lot... Like, several different species of, like... Tiny elephant that unfortunately no longer exists because they were what? adorable. Tiny elephants. I've been robbed of the chance You've to see a tiny elephant. Of tiny elephants. God damn I mean, it. like, they still have babies, but, like, mm. tiny adult elephants that just stayed tiny. You could have one as a pet. We would, I was just going to say, we would breed them into gross designer pets <laughs> and they'd not be able to breathe. Yeah, but they would have trunks <laughs> that were just, like, like, like. Decorative. Act- actively <laughs> internal. It's, it's probably for their own good that yeah. they went extinct on their own. Yeah, we would have reversed their proboscis right into their skulls. Ruined them. Just <laughs> it would have been adorable, them. though. Yeah, it would have been really cute. It would have been adorable. Aww. But, you know, they had, like, these tiny elephants that, due to the size of the environment... They shrink. They shrink because, like, it is an environment that rewards being a lot smaller than an elephant. Yeah. There were also some tiny animals that grew huge because, like, dodos were basically super inbred pigeons. Are they really? They are giant inbred pigeons. (laughs) Oh! Oh, that makes me even madder that we all clubbed them all to death. Yeah, then we ate them. Yeah, you kind of see this... But they were delicious. Yeah, you see this a little bit in human populations. Like, humans have not been divided as long as, like, most species. But, like, some island populations that, like, developed in isolation are just shorter. Yes. 
And, like, some some like, human populations are much taller. Yes. Like, there's a lot of pygmy populations that developed because they were a tribe that was relatively isolated. I feel like that's not a word people use. <laughs> isolated? No, pygmy. Oh. No, it's the technical term. Is it the technical term? Yeah. Like, yeah, like if shorter... someone has dwarfism, do not call them a pygmy. No. <laughs> um, oh. But, like... Pygmyism is an actual thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, There's then there's populations like Nordic populations that are just yeah. giant humans. Yeah, and like, basically the reason why white people exist is just because a human population... Of might, inbred mistakes? Of inbred mistakes wandered into a climate where, like, being as pale as, as white people are wouldn't be immediately lethal. <laughs> and, like, cause you develop all kinds of cancer and and, car- and, and cataracts yeah. and go blind. Glaucoma, yep. There's, yeah, well, all of humankind is, like, one big inbred genetic mistake. Mm-hmm. Like, humans as a species are actually more inbred than most. Yes. There's a distinct genetic bottleneck in our recent past. It was like the Toba. We talked. We yeah, talked about yeah, this. The, the Toba. The, the Toba catastrophe. Yes. Was like a catastrophe, a volcanic eruption that reduced the human population to roughly a couple ten, thousand. Yeah, yeah, roughly ten thousand. And we inbred our way back to the top. Yeah. So seven success. Bi- seven billion people. Just like the Habsburgs. Oh, not success. Not quite. <laughs> not quite success. But you can only come back from that if you have a big enough founding population to start with. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Without like sciencing the shit out of it, <laughs> yeah. Modern po- like modern scientists who are like trying to bring back whooping like whooping cranes, sand cranes. I thought you say whooping cough. I was like, that's not scientists. <laughs> that's like soccer moms <laughs> who are bringing that one back. But like trying to bring back like nearly extinct bird species, they tend to have a problem where the population is just too small for them to come back naturally, and you you need heavy intervention. Yeah, you use other things. You use other cranes that have like. A more whooping crane DNA than the average, mm-hmm. and you just sort of go from there. Yeah, you just sort of line breed them yeah. and hope for the best. You can do this when you have science. You can't do this when you are a bunch of royals trying to keep land in your family. Yeah, decidedly not. There's also kind of a funny problem with trying to rebreed like sand cranes, where because of not reverse sexual imprinting, but actual sexual imprinting, the, the adults in your life when you're very, very young will probably have some influence on like, what you find attractive what, what you find attractive and what you look for in a prospective mate. This is not the same thing as finding your dad hot. No, it's at not. All. It's not. It's not. It's just that like this is also an effect that's easily overcome. It, it's also an effect that's easily overcome. Lots of humans in, at least in humans it is. Yeah, I was say humans fall in love with people who look nothing like their parents all and the act time. No- nothing like their parents. All the time. Animals Animals not so much, not especially so much. birds. A lot of, a big problem with, like, early attempts to revitalize bird populations was that they just kept sexually imprinting on the zookeepers. Oh, so then they just try to fuck zookeepers. Yes, and then they just start making mating displays, like pandas also do this, start making mating displays. Toward anyone in khakis? Towards anyone in khakis. (laughs) (laughs) Like some, like in some sand trains, it's like specifically just like a real thing for men with brown hair. God, we have ruined this planet. <laughs> we we fucked up birds. <laughs> really bad. We fucked up dogs, we fucked up birds. Inbreeding. It took us a long time to figure out how awful inbreeding is. Yeah, we did not we did not learn very quickly because Three generations is a long time by human standards. Yeah, I mean, like even if you have kids at 20 years old, that's still 60 years. Yes. Before you realize that anyone's having any problems. Yeah. And you might not make that connection. Like, like a 60-year gap between cause and effect... Is a long time. It's a long time. Especially in an era where you don't understand disease. Yes. Where you don't understand how diseases are transmitted yeah. and how sickness works. Where, like, where diseases are caused by bad smells and losing the favor of God. I was going to say also, like, an angry God plays into this a lot. Mm-hmm. Where you think that, like, you've, you've pissed off God and now yes. you're going to have a baby that's dead. Yeah. Satan is testing you, ergo stillborns. Oh. Yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. What's actually happening, though, is that you are passing on shitty genes... Left and right. Left and right. Literally left and right. One of the big dangers of inbreeding, aggressive inbreeding in particular, is it can reveal dangerous autosomal recessive genes by removing a masking dominant gene. Yeah, actually, everybody has shitty broken genes. Everybody. Every Literally single person. everyone. It's just that you don't you notice. You have danger lurking in your code. 
Always. Always. You, like, tons of people are walking around carrying the genes for things like hemophilia, and they mm-hmm. have no idea. Actually, hemophilia, they probably they know. They might know that one, actually, but you, other yes, things, because you it's don't. specifically on the X chromosome, so any X chromosome that's passed on to uh, a male, si- that's like true. a male child. It'll pop up. You, you know, because we know no, this because true. famously, uh, Queen Victoria had a had a de novo mutation on her X chromosome. So she could pass on hemophilia. Yeah, which she passed on to one of her sons and two of her daughters who were not affected by hemophilia because they but had carried that, it. They had that extra gene on their other X chromosome, but carried it to their own descendants. Yeah. It killed a lot of their family. Well, this is actually how all inbreeding works though, is that you get two copies of every gene. Mm-hmm. Your genes come in pairs. They do come in pair, which is useful because if one doesn't work, the, then the other will probably still have the necessary information to make sure your bones grow right or whatever it happens to be, that your skull's the right shape, that you can chew, and that you, like, you don't immediately bleed to death if you get a paper cut. Yeah, like you, most of your genes are redundant. Actually, most of your genes don't do anything. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of junk DNA in the human code, but like all of your genes have a backup copy. You have redundancies in your genetic code. Yeah, the problem is that like you and a sibling will will have a lot of the same genetic mistakes. Yes, and like when you inbreed and you inbreed and you inbreed, all of a sudden like eventually you lose the backup copy. Yeah, you and- get two copies of the shit gene, <laughs> and that shit gene, mm, mm. it's pretty shit. It can be rough. It can be very rough. Not only that, but the closer you are, the more shit genes you might get. Yeah, you can get so many shit genes adding up that it causes genetic mistakes that we didn't even know were possible. Yes, and just combinations thereof. The um, You can combo that shit. You can combo. You frequently do combo that shit. I was thinking the um, fundamentalist Church of Latter-day Saints, the mm-hmm. polygamous cult, the Mormon church, this offshoot yeah. in Utah and Colorado, they have a disease called fumarase deficiency. Um, it's known as polygamous downs, but it's caused through extreme inbreeding. Yes. And it literally pretty much only exists in their population. Mm-hmm. It's obviously possible in other human populations, but you never see it. Because yes. you have to inbreed aggressively yeah, to you, make it pop up. You have to do this shit on purpose. Yeah, you. It, it only comes out when you get enough copies of the shitty gene adding up to each other. Yes, you need, you need a critical mass of, of mistakes, just, of genetic, of genetic errors. That's, yeah, that's why inbreeding's bad. It has nothing to do with, like, you know, the children we are an affront to God and you come out because yes. God's punishing it's you. It's not immoral. It's just a bad idea. It's just because, like, there's there's a safeguard in your genes and you are shitting into its open yeah. mouth. Your genome has redundancy for the same reason the average bridge has redundancy. Yeah. Because when that shit goes, people are gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, and this is why today, if you know that you carry a dangerous gene, if you have the gene for um, Huntington's or certain genetic markers, cancer, you can visit a genetic counselor and Mm -hmm. you can have embryos made specifically don't get that copy of the gene. Yes. That wasn't an option back then. It was not an option. We did not have like expert baby baby recombiners back in the day. Damn it. Whoops. Oops. Probably should've. No. Like, you could make a baby smoothie, but it would not be the same. Ew, God. I don't <laughs> think that's how that works at all. It's a genetic smoothie. That's how, that's, that's science, Janelle. No, it's not. That's science. That is an affront to God. Science. No. <laughs> I have an arts degree. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. But mine is in the is in the artsy arts. <laughs> yeah, mine is not in the artsy arts. You have the social science. I do have a social science degree. Which means you understand the science better than me. A little bit. Genetics um, kind of came up a lot in my psych degree. Yes. Turns out, yeah, aggressive inbreeding, bad. Yeah. My French degree <laughs> didn't come up much. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> Except when talking about the royals. Oh, God. So, obviously, you, you need the necessary information. You need... You can only get autosomal recessives if both parents have the gene, have the bad gene, and pass it on. Usually, really, really dangerous hereditary diseases are recessive. Because if they were dominant... You'd get wiped out. You'd get wiped out. It wouldn't last long enough for these people... Like, either it would render them infertile, or they would die before they ever got to or puberty. Or nobody would want to mate with them. Or nobody would want to mate with them. Like, yeah, he's really cute, but he bleeds from his eyes. So... And so does all of his family. It was super awkward last when I came up for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, break... Totally ox. You know, um, having... Polydactyly is dominant. Having extra fingers. Mm, yes. It's just so rare that it was... we have an alternative to a six-fingered species. Mm, but someday... 
Someday. 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 <laughs> yeah. There's also some recessive traits that are passed down this way, which are like perfectly fine. I like mean, dry I'm, earwax. Oh, I was going to say, I have blue eyes. So yes. yeah, clearly recessive traits get passed. And I don't have two, neither of my parents have blue eyes. Mm-hmm. So they're, there's yeah, clearly it's, it's recessive, recessive traits that are fine. Yeah, it's recessive. Whereas like both of my, 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 my progenitors had, uh, they had green and or blue eyes. You so greenish? I have greenish, hazily eyes. You wear colored sunglasses 100% of the time. Yes. So I don't know what color your eyes are. It's a mystery. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, like O-type blood is recessive. Yes, which I also have. Me too. I have a lot of weird recessive genes in my family, apparently, which is why I look exactly like my mother. Interesting. My my dad apparently just had all the recessives. Yeah, recessive genes aren't a bad thing. No, they're not necessarily a bad thing. They're just not dominant, and that's neither good nor bad. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it is very bad. So if you have parents who both have the copy of the dangerous gene, you have a 50% chance that their offspring will receive a copy of the gene and a 25% chance that their offspring will receive two copies. Giving them the disease. Thus giving them the disease, their genetics expressing the disease associated with the recessive genes. These, These things can be really dangerous. Yeah. When parents themselves are already related and share the same genes, they're far more likely to have identical copies of the same identical gene, including autosomal recessive genes, and pass them on to their offspring. Like, And the likelihood of how many genes are going to be exactly the same on both sides is what is referred to as the inbreeding coefficient. That's a scary number. Which is a scary, scary number. It's How it's calculated is pretty complicated. And if you're really just so into incest then and math that you want to look... If that's just the Venn diagram that does it for you, Fill you can boots. look it up you yourself. Can go look it up. I will explain it briefly, but in not too many of the mathy details. Basically, what it means is it is usually a number between zero and one, which can also be expressed as a percentage. And literally nobody has a zero percent inbreeding coefficient. Because we're an inbred species. Because we're an inbred species, but also because... We have common ancestors. We we have common ancestors. We're the same species. You have a zero percent inbreeding coefficient with a duck. Yes. Not with a person. Not with a person. No, (laughs) absolutely not. Like Janelle and I do have a inbreeding coefficient that is not zero, but it is, but because we are very much unrelated and we've never lived in the same, like our families are not even from the same population centers, we have one that is so near zero that it's basically immaterial. Also, we can't have kids. Also, we can't have kids. And I am not attracted to you. True. <laughs> like, there's just so many barriers before so, you even get to the genetic issue. Well, we both come from France, though. We both come from France, but that still means that our most, like, our nearest nearest common ancestor, presuming they were from France, France, French, like, that's still, like, hundreds of years ago. No, it's true. I come from Acadia. Uh, my, mm-hmm. my ancestors are Acadian, and yes. yours are not. And mine are very much not. My mother's American... Uh, and is a combination of German, Scottish, and that's That's not where you get the name Peugeot. And that is not where I get the name Peugeot. This is my father's side. And my father's side, like, originally were transferred to Quebec from poverty-stricken northern France because they had no other options and eventually made their way to to rural Alberta. Yeah, we're not we're not related. So we are we, not related. If we could make a lesbian baby in a test if tube, we could, it would be fine. It would be perfectly fine, except that I'm probably also a mutant. <laughs> That's true. That's fine. <laughs> Hopefully you've just got all the dominance and it just ends up Como all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a compliment. I, I, either that or it's a devastating insult to myself. <laughs> also that. Also that. So sibling marriage, the coefficient, because you are 50, 50% related to your siblings statistically, like you may be more related to them, you may be less related to them in terms of like one-on-one gene matchups. Yeah. But statistically- it's 50-ish. It averages to about 50-ish. And this means that if you re- recombined your genes with your sibling... Fuck your sibling. If you fucked your sibling, uh, it, this, the, the person would end up with a 25% inbreeding coefficient. Blah. The likelihood that the 50% of genes you share with that sibling would all turn up matching. Right. So yes. they're going to get 25% double copies of something. Double copies. Which could be a mistake. Yeah. So, so Joffrey from A Song of Fire and Ice... 
Song uh, of Ice and Fire. A Song of Ice and Fire. I'm, I'm an idiot and I put them the wrong place. Nerd. Um, AKA Game of Thrones would, would have about 25%, but actually slightly higher given as befitting a member of a royal, of a noble family. His grandparents were also first cousins, giving his parents an inbreeding coefficient pre-existing before they ever, ever touched him of, uh, 6.25. Did you go into, like, the Game of Thrones lore to find this? Yeah, they have a good wiki. Oh, all right. <laughs> Went above and beyond in the research this week. Yeah, I, I sort of remembered them being cousins, but then, like, I looked it up for myself. Yeah, they were first cousins. Interesting. Yes. And if you're wondering if, like, somehow this passed you by, like, his parents are not identical twins. No, I mean, what That is, is literally impossible. You can't have kids. You can fuck your twin, your identical twin. It's just... It, nothing will you, happen. You can't have kids with them. No no viable offspring will arise. No, no. They no. are fraternal twins, which are no more related than any other sibling. Yes. Yeah, if you're an identical... the same age. If you, like, because gen- like biological sex is genetic, identical twins... Have to be the same sex. Have to be the same sex. Yeah, got that. Yeah. Uh, so each homozygous gene pair is another chance at a recessive gene condition. If about 25% of your gene pairs are homozygous... The same, yeah. We are talking rolling the dice thousands of times with massively increased odds at a crippling genetic disorder or several. (laughs) So, like, numerous generations of sibling marriage quickly just... You just turn into meat children. I don't know. Yes. Your kids are gonna... Be born dead, basically. Basically. You're lucky if you get flipper babies. Yeah, they're going to come out with serious health problems. Eventually, the chances of having a healthy child become infinitesimal. Mm-hmm. If you keep doing this, all yes. your kids are going to have problems. Like, either at some point, uh, all your viable children will be impotent, or you won't have any at all. Right. It'll either kill them before they ever have a chance to be born, or they will be born... Too messed up to ever reproduce. Which is what happens to the Habsburgs. Which is exactly what happened to the Habsburgs. Greetings, supplicants. We hope you enjoyed this first episode on Charles II and the Habsburg dynasty. We went a bit long because incest is inherently funny, and I decided to give you guys a lecture on biology I am in no way qualified to give. This one was recorded way back when we were still recording out of Janelle's apartment in Edmonton. You'll be seeing the second part on Charles II next week. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and think about rating or reviewing us wherever it is that you happen to do such things. And maybe consider recommending us to a friend, a family member, or a cute but horrifically inbred pet. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at FatFrenchFat. You can find me at I Am Now Lungfish or Janelle at Very Bad Llama. So long, everyone, and you'll hear from us again next week. <laughs>